I'm ready with y'all, I guess. All right, ready? Yep. All right, three, two, whatever. What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Francis Carlotta, on episode 37 of the Up and Under. Damn, it's good to be back. It's it's really good to be back on this podcast, but it's even better to be back with the Sultan of Thick Eyebrows, Connor Byrne, and a man who couldn't have said, he could not have said more than four words to me during the first genuine interaction we had my sophomore year of college, but now we host a podcast together. So, so look, look how that's panned out. He is Grant Heckinger. Grant, do you remember our first interaction? Because I, I will never forget our first interaction. Do you remember it? I, I'm not gonna lie. You cut out there for half of what you were saying. So I'm, I'm gonna go into this blindly. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I kind of remember us talking. We were close to the library. This might not have been the first one, but I remember an early interaction. We were close to the library, like outside the library, and we were talking about FIFA, if I remember correctly, or 2K, either FIFA or 2K. That's what I remember. How could you, but how could you talk about 2K with only four words? <laughs> right, I, I so, didn't hear that part. That's why I'm going to this blindly. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that, so that may have been maybe, I don't know, second or third or whatever interaction, but our first interaction was it was when you, Connor, and I think Mark and Price lived in uh, in white, in, in the penthouse. Yeah, in that, in that dorm room. And I think I was maybe waiting for Connor for something. And I walked into y'all's dorm room, and it was just dark. No, a there were no lights on in this dorm room whatsoever. Just the television. And Grant, you were playing FIFA. And obviously, like I know who you are. We went to high school together, although we didn't really talk or weren't really close. But like we knew who each other were. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. and I'll say hi to Grant. So I sat next to you, and, you know, I said hi. You know, I was Francis, I'm sure. Nice to actually like, talk to you. And you probably said, like, hey, nice to meet you. And then just, like, didn't even talk to me. You just, like, sat there, kept playing FIFA. He was mid-game. Really... What do you expect from the guy? Well, it's, yeah, I guess. You know, FIFA who, who takes all of your emotion to play. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, cannot, I cannot, like, divide any emotion. That game, like... <laughs> It's it's addicting, but like it really had like when I, when I was I, like a couple years ago, I really got into it, and like it like ruins your I life remember. emotionally. Like you are so angry, like the every every game you're playing FIFA. So I, yeah, I, I feel I like could that's not, something that only happens if you're myself. losing. Like if you're winning in FIFA, you probably doesn't ruin your life emotionally. Yeah, no, but typically, yeah, that's, you, that's <laughs> typically, typically I'm, I'm losing. So yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Connor, how are you doing, man? It's good to see you. I haven't even really talked to you in a while, but how are you, man? I'm good um life updates got none uh you got except into that i'm just USC. i just can i just continue to get more handsome oh um God. and i think Why that's about it you? you look like you, you look like you're tan right now are you uh, do i that could just be a lighting thing i don't know the weather you've been playing some tennis or something oh i've actually started <laughs> playing um pickleball i'm gonna play pickleball after we record this with uh darst so oh cool uh, nice yeah that'll be fun have you guys played before i have i love pickleball. never it's really fun 
Okay, Super. so for the people who haven't played, here's a little quick pitch. It's a very low barrier of entry sport. Like you don't need much skill to get to play. But if you are skilled, there's still a lot of room for growth and expanding the game and how you play it. So it's really a good game for everybody, especially if like you need something to do with the family or friend group that's of varying levels. I'd say it's a perfect <laughs> game for that. That's a very um, well nice. well that's a great description, Connor. Yeah. Pickleball. <laughs> so, it's fun. Yeah. Give it a shot. It's a fun game. Fun game. Well, I'm glad you're getting handsomer, I guess, Connor. I, Thank you. I, I guess I'm happy for you about that. Congrats, congrats uh, man. Yeah, congrats on that. Uh, Grant, you. you're always a handsome guy, so I don't have to worry about that. So congrats on you just being a handsome guy, Grant. Um, but you. let's get... Matt, you, haven't once, you haven't once said that to me. I don't, I don't understand why that hasn't happened. <laughs> well, I mean, you started out when we first met super ugly, so you've gotten handsomer as the time has gone by. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe another uh, year from now. You're a late, a late bloomer. You're a late bloomer. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to NBA talk. We're actually going to do something a little bit different for this episode, but I'm really excited for it. Uh, Grant, I'll, I'll pass it on to you because this, is, this was your idea. So give the listeners an explanation as to what in the hell we're about to be doing. Yeah, so as everyone knows, we are now, you know, like three weeks removed from the trade deadline. So this is still <laughs> the hottest topic in the NBA. Um, so we're definitely wanted to cover that. So I thought the best way to do that was to have a trade deadline draft. So we are going to draft starting from the best going down to not the worst, but I think we're going to draft about 12 teams. So like the 12th best will be the last one. Um, draft the teams in order going, you know, one, two, three, each of us in order. Um, and this is going to include not just teams who made deals during the trade deadline, but also it can include teams who did not make deals during the trade deadline. So just any anybody you think during the period of the trade deadline had the best, you know, the most benefit from what happened, whether, you know, their opponents made moves that were bad or didn't make moves to improve or whatever. Um, anything you think that really made a team better, whether it's a deal or not a deal, that's going to be included into this calculation, into this calculus here. So, um, yeah, so I think we're going to do a random number generator. I'm going to share my screen so we can have some transparency with it. Wait one second. All right, can y'all see the random number generator? Random.org must have been blown when Google made their own right atop their website. <laughs> I feel like Google's taken that up from a lot of people and yeah. all these different things they have. Um, all right, so we got one to three here. I'm going to click generate. Wait, actually, Wait, what, we haven't which assigned numbers, numbers are yet. We? Yeah, it's like yeah. we have to assign. Um, Francis, you'll be one. Connor, you'll be two. I'll be three. All right, all right, good. Middle of the herd never gets killed. Oh, baby. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> all right, do you want the first pick? Is that, uh, yeah, I'll take choose. first pick. Okay, me and Frank. Did Grant freeze? I think Grant Three. Oh, did I freeze? Oh, I froze. You, yeah. So, me, Grant, Francis, are we doing fixed or serpentine? Um, that's a good question. Which one do you all want to do? I totally froze. I think so. I, I uh, so the order of Francis is me, Grant, you. But do you want to do a? Since you got last, we can you can choose. Do you want to do a fixed or a serpentine draft? <laughs> um, I'll do serpentine. Yeah, I'll want serpentine. I don't want a fixed. <laughs> Should never have the last person in the draft pick the the serpentine or the. <laughs> but <laughs> all right, so it's gonna be Connor, Grant, Francis, and then Francis, Grant, Connor, and then Connor for Grant Francis again. All right. Okay. I like that, actually, so we're good. Let's do it. All right, Connor, you are up on the clock. First pick in the 2022 trade deadline draft. 
in true draft fashion, I will use up my entire five minutes of silence before making my pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right, number one here, I have the Sixers, and uh, I'll just quickly say what they got and then what they gave up. What they received was James Harden and Paul Millsap. What they gave up was Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, the 2022 first and a 2027 first. Um, and then there's reports. I don't know if it's officially happened yet, but that they're going to sign DeAndre Jordan. And I'm just saying that even though it's not a part of the trade deadline, kind of as like a, I guess they're adding a DeAndre to replace Drummond sort of thing. Right. Um, I just, I, almost, I just want to jump in real quick because um, this is go- this is going exactly how I expected it would go. And since I have the second pick, I'm just going to say I, I would have taken the, I would have taken the Nets first and six or seconds, but I, I will be taking the Nets second. So we can just discuss those since the, since they're the main okay. topics, we discuss those together. Okay. And then, okay. Well then since you would have had the Nets, so I actually don't have until seventh oh. on mine, okay. Um, okay. on my rankings. Whoa. But, and here's, here's why I have Sixers as one. Um, I think there's probably, two, there's probably two teams you can say that look really good right now. And, um, their trade deadlines are a big part of the, that reason. Uh, and I, I'll talk about the second team later. But the Sixers are the only team, for sure, 100%. They made a deadline deal, and they look great. Like, they look like a true contender, and they're the only team that's actually done that. There are teams that have made deals that are like, okay, that's interesting, and this could be very good, but there's no certainty in it. The Sixers are the only team that I'm looking at right now. And you've, we have some bias now because we've been able to see a few games for each all the teams now uh, to the deadline where you're watching them going, okay, watch out. This team should feel pretty good about coming out of the East. And uh, so I think it was an incredible trade. They stuck to their guns. They, received, they got the best player uh, trade deadline. Probably, is he the best trade deadline re- person to receive ever? I mean, usually stars don't get deadline deals, do they? I could not off the top of my head. So I don't have I anyone. Not, like, uh, it could be completely wrong. Uh, I just don't I mean, remember deadline players being Butler, dealt. Wasn't Jimmy Butler traded from the Wolves a trade deadline? Oh, J- James trade Harden's deadline? better than that. I know, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. Just yeah. Saying. I'm just saying. Um, I'm just saying. So that's a, that's, I guess, that's a question that we probably should have, I should have researched yeah, before I, asking I it to the group. I, yeah. But, I don't want to make uh, any presumptions about that. But uh, here's another thing, too, is James Harden is just all of a sudden, like, he's back to MVP James Harden. So uh, pretty immediately. So Sixers are my personally unquestionable number one deadline deal. They want it good for them and they look fantastic. So yeah, go ahead, Grant. Also, I was totally wrong. That happened in like November. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, can y'all hear me? I froze there for a second. Y'all can hear me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the reason I had these Sixers second, and it's that's become a I mean a weaker argument. I think immediately I was definitely like Nets first, and then like it's kind of become a little weaker. Like the Nets hold on that number one spot for me, um, but I don't disagree with anything you said at all. They you know got the best best player in this deal. They've looked incredible. They look like a real contender. The only reason I have the Nets higher um, is because. The Sixers now their their floor for this being a successful trade for them is winning a championship. If they don't win a championship in the next two years, that's probably may, maybe three years, um, depending on I don't know if James Harden's decline is those signs are real or if he's just was putting up a front once again. Um, <laughs> then for the second time, then the, then this has kind of been a failed trade because they're going to end up having to pay him a ridiculous amount. Um, they're going to have 
for a guy who's a lot older. And they gave up, you know, they ended up giving up quite a bit in this trade as well. Like, I mean, I thought it was a little bit more considering that James Harden was a little bit of a distressed um, asset himself. At this point, I thought maybe they could have given up a little bit less than this. I, maybe they could have not included Seth Curry, or maybe they could have not included um, one of the first-round picks or whatever it was. Um, and then Andre Drummond, too, which who was um, a really good backup big for them, and DeAndre Jordan is not going to fully replace that. Um, so I, I just think the Nets got a, a good deal for a somewhat distressed asset in Harden. I think they got they improved. They, I mean, they, Ben Simmons is going to fit really well with them. Uh, and they, I, I think long-term, this will be the better deal for them. I think short-term, it's 100% the better deal for the Sixers, but the only <clears> thing <throat> is that they have to win a championship in the short-term, or this just ends up, the Nets end up winning this trade. And I think that's, I mean, as with how talented and deep the NBA is, that that's kind of a toss-up. They obviously gave themselves a really good chance, but kind of a toss-up whether they win a championship or not. So um, just, they just made a really... I think somewhat risky bet on the the next two maybe three years. Yeah, I I would say that James Harden and Joel Embiid's bromance and true love for each <laughs> other already, uh, and just how he's James Harden's played already is the decline of his career was a uh, was a magician's trick, and he's actually yeah. <laughs> still as good as he's ever been. So um, yeah, Francis, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's. This is the obviously the the blockbuster trade that broke NBA Twitter and every NBA fan's phone when they saw this. And I think my gut reaction was like, wow, I think a both teams won. Both teams won the trade. I don't think there's a loser in this trade at the moment. Um, so I yeah, think this I, I agree with that teams. by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think both teams won this trade, but I do think I do think long-term wise, I think the Nets do win this trade and even they could win this trade even short-term because Ben Simmons really does fix a lot of the issues that the Nets do have there. They don't have great interior defense. They don't have great rebounding. They don't have someone who can move the ball when Kyrie is not there. And, and also Ben Simmons is obviously a great defender. So he fixes a lot of the issues that Brooklyn had, but the, the other side of the coin with Ben Simmons is when is he going to play? Not, not only that, how is he going to look when he actually plays the game of basketball? Are, are we just going to assume that when Ben Simmons plays again, he's going to look like all-NBA Ben Simmons? No, that's not going to happen. It'll, it'll take him time to get back into the flow of the NBA, get back into the flow of actual NBA games. And so the question is, how quickly can he become how good we all know he really is? If that happens really fast, then I think the Nets will... Well, I mean, they're in some legitimate trouble just making the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs, but I mean, I think they're eighth in the East right now. Uh, if I'm, yeah, they're eighth in the East right now. So I mean, they'll they'll still probably make the playoffs, but in terms of being an Eastern Conference contender, that's not where they are right now. But all of their championship hopes aren't just dashed because Ben Simmons could come back and could get back up to NBA game speed really fast. And like I said, I think he fixes a lot of the issues the Nets have. And I also liked um, them getting Drummond in that trade, getting Seth Curry in that trade. Uh, I know that, Connor, you mentioned they're probably going to sign DeAndre Jordan. But I still I still like those additional pieces that the Nets got in terms of roster fits. So, you know, this could help the Nets short-term as well, but that's all on Ben Simmons. On the Sixers side, people question the fit with James Harden and Joel Embiid. I understand the questions, right? The, qu the questions were Joel Embiid isn't a hard roller to the rim. 
Joel Embiid likes to pick and pop or get the ball in the short roll. I understand that, but also James Harden and maybe, you know, you all may disagree with this comparison. James Harden made Clint Capella basically $100 million, and Joel Embiid is an amazingly better basketball player than Clint Capella. And people questioned James Harden's fit with Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard wanted the ball in the post so much, and oh, Joel Embiid also does as well. But the difference is Joel Embiid can actually score in the post. So James Harden will likely be more willing to give the ball to Joel Embiid in the post because Joel Embiid is one of the best, if not the best, post player in the world. So like these concerns that people had with their fit, while I understand them, he, Joel Embiid's just too good. And James Harden is just too good for, for them to not figure out how to play together. And as, we, as Connor, as you said before, we have a sample size to, to have had watched them play basketball. They look fantastic together. And Joel Embiid has actually become a, becoming a better passer, too, in the short role, which ups his MVP case. We're not going to talk MVP because it's been exhausted. But he's become a better passer. So I, really, I think the fit with Harden and Embiid is going to fit like a glove. And I think the Simmons fit in Brooklyn will also fit like a glove when he plays and when he comes back into NBA form. So... I think it's a win-win, but I think, Grant, your point as well makes a lot of sense because the Sixers, they kind of now need to win. They, they need to win now because of Harden's monumental contract, monumental next contract as well. Not even just current, like his next contract will be insanely high. You're also going to need to pay Joel Embiid. This is now your team, and they're kind of in that Clippers scenario where if they don't win a title in the next two or three years, we're going to look back and say, like, well, this was perhaps a mistake or at least it was it didn't live up to expectations so uh, I, yeah. I understand both of y'all's points i um I, I the i had the same questions about the pick and roll um fit and even before they played zach Lowe, um i'm sure y'all heard shit on that idea um by saying that joe joe Embiid getting the ball with any advantage eight from the basket is just as good as clint capella getting a lob for a dunk like that's how good Joel Embiid is. If he has any like sliver of advantage, um, close closest to the basket, then like that's yeah. it's basically impossible for him to stop. So him short short rolling and getting those from those feeds from James Harden, he doesn't even need to hard roll. And I think he has been hard rolling a little bit more, but it doesn't yeah. even matter because he's like you said, he is that good. Um, what was the last thing you said? Uh, I said a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, there's a second point oh, I wanted to make. I talked about well, maybe it was it was about Ben Simmons and how he actually helps the Nets in terms of his fit on the roster, but it's more so depending on when he comes back, if he gets if he gets back to game speed. Was that it? If, that it? Greg, if, can I no. cut in for a moment? Yeah, you just, yeah, cut, you in. just cut in. Okay. Um, here's my here's a question I have, and this is the genuine question that I've been wondering now those last couple of days as time goes on. Of uh, are we sure we're seeing Ben Simmons this regular season? Yeah, exactly. That that because kind if, of goes. Because if, if not, not even. I mean, the mental health stuff aside, whether like how valid it all is, like just like don't even talk about it. But just like now, the stuff about his back bothering him now that he's playing again. Um, if he doesn't play in the regular season at all, how, what sort of player is he when he comes to the playoffs? Like, is he yeah. is yeah. he Ben Simmons or is he like a guy who's trying to get in basketball shape and plays twenty minutes a game? <laughs> yeah, no, that exactly. Like that that is literally the 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 bigger concern I think with this trade. It's it's not it's not 
Harden's fit with Embiid. It's what's going to happen with Ben Simmons because that was the biggest concern with him for the whole season. And that concern is based that it's like the Sixers said, "Hey, we have this problem. Oh, Brooklyn, you want our problem? Great. Here's here's our problem. And oh, you're willing to give us a one of the best shooting guards of all time in return for our problem? Great. Like you know, we'll we'll take we'll we'll take that. And so now the it's now Ben Simmons is now Brooklyn's problem. And I've talked on this podcast to y'all many times that I I was exhausted with the Ben Simmons talk. I was exhausted with the situation. I didn't want to talk about it with not just y'all, but with friends. Like I just, it exhausted me. And now I'm talking about it because it's the trade deadline. It was the big move. But even, even talking about it now, it's like, again, like, damn, I, I get tired talking about it. Cause it's the same song and dance. Like it's the same thing. We don't know Connor if he's going to play this year. And if he does play this year, how is he going to look? You know, it's the same thing. And so, like, the, the theoretical fit of Ben Simmons is fantastic on the Nets, in my opinion. But that's all it is. It's a theory. It's all, it's all, we're all hypothesizing as to how good he'll be on the Nets and how, how good the Nets will be. But with Embiid and, and Harden, we don't have to theorize. We can see it. It's happening. They are really good together. So that's, I don't, your, your question's fair. Like, I don't know what he's going to look like. Grant, what, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. These, I'm, this take, I mean, might look stupid in the future that, that the, that the um, Nets won this trade. If, if the Sixers, they could win a championship. Um, if the Nets thing doesn't ever like coalesce, um, I mean, if, if like this year becomes a wasted year for them, um, then we could be wondering like, what if they just hung out onto James Harden and then Kyrie got clearance to play and then James Harden started playing full strength um, once that happened? Like, could they have just won a championship this year? Um so yeah, I think that's that's a very fair point, and this and this might end up looking stupid. It really, could go, like this is I think it's a very good trade for either team. Like you said, I think both teams win, so it could go either way. Um, so I'm, I'm not against the uh, against the the Sixers having won this trade either. Yeah. So just to recap, I said the Sixers won this or number one. What if I picked the Sixers number one? Grant would have picked the Nets number one. Francis, who would you have had number one? Uh, I would have had. I also would have had Brooklyn number one, and Philly is number two for me. Yeah. So okay. it, it would have been it was tight. It was like a 1A, 1B thing, and I just like the fit of Simmons on the on the Nets. But like I said, I, yeah. I even kind of talked myself out of that because it's, like, it's all theoretical with, with Brooklyn. Yeah, right, well, let's, yeah. let's the, go to the, the third the other thing, thing. Well, the other thing okay. I wanted to say real quick is, and I texted you all about this, um, is I think Bradley Beal would have been like the, the good middle ground pick, good middle ground get for the Sixers where he's more on and beats timeline. Um he doesn't make quite as much money. He maybe fits, I mean, a little bit better. And we've it's come out now um, that Joe Embiid was really pushing for Brad Beal over James Harden, and then Brad Beal I think just decided, no, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm having surgery. I'm, I'm out out of this deal. Um, and so that's that's kind of when they moved on to James Harden. Um, so I I would have loved to be Brad Beal, but I mean James Harden obviously has fit really well so far. So. Yeah, I I disagree. I think James Harden's the clear guy. If you if you could pick people to have, he's the one. And Bradley Beal is about to be really overpaid to this offseason. So, um, yep, and his contract's about to be huge. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Francis. Who you got for number three? So number three, um. So my number three pick is is a pick that I I would not have made this early at the trade deadline when this trade came out. I would not have picked this team this high. But I'm going to pick them this high because we have a few games to look back on and look at where they're at now. 
and that's the Dallas Mavericks. So I'm, I'm picking the Dallas Mavericks. Again, I would not have picked them this high at the trade deadline. Uh, but to recap their, their trade, they traded Kristaps Porzingis in a second-round pick to the Washington Wizards for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. I, I went on a drunk rant. <laughs> went on a drunk rant with a friend of mine uh, about, the, about the NBA maybe like a week ago. And part of my drunk rant was like, Spencer Dinwiddie's been horrible. How is he going to help the Dallas Mavericks? He's been so bad. Like he is, you go look at his stats, or maybe two weeks ago before the trade, uh, or when the trade happened. This, this, he's played so bad for the Washington Wizards this year. Looking at his stats makes made me want to puke. Like he's been horrific. But now he's kind of found, refound his form a little bit. Played better basketball. His fit next to Luca as another scorer and and ball handler as well has actually been pretty good next to Luca. And Davis Bertans. I mean, Connor, you know both these players very well as a Wizards fan. Uh, it's unfortunate that Davis has kind of regressed after getting that massive contract, but at the same time, he can still knock down three-pointers at will if he's left open. So anytime you add shooting around Luka, the fit is still there. And, you know, the when I when this trade first came out, I actually thought the, 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 the Mavs lost this trade because, again, I didn't like... I didn't think Dinwiddie was good anymore. But also, you trade Kristaps Porzingis, and that's basically waving the white flag on this whole team experiment that they that they started about two years ago. And they're saying, like, this was a failure. This was a swing for a home run and a total miss. And now we're just going to trade Kristaps and a second-round pick because no one else really wants him based on his injury history, performance as well, for Dinwiddie and Davis Bertens. So, you know, I was... I thought I thought the Wizards were a winner to get Kristaps, but now it's a legitimate question as to when Kristaps comes back, how he looks when he comes back. It's kind of like the Ben Simmons thing all over again, because Kristaps can be really good, but it's a legitimate question as to how good will he be moving forward. Because he's never healthy, even when he plays, he's a little he's not a little he's inconsistent, just period. And so, I think the Mavs actually kind of did a similar thing to the Sixers. They realized, hey, we have this problem. His name is Kristaps Porzingis. We're going to get rid of this problem and give this team a little bit of breath of fresh air. And look at them now. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Luka Doncic has been playing out of his freaking mind. He has He's making a case for a first or second team All-NBA team again. Like, I, I think this trade has actually worked out well for Dallas, so that's why I'll, I'll pick him third. Do you want to go? Okay, I, I'll just say I had them personally further down. I had them eighth on mine, um, but I like I would I would I'd be fine with them probably. I, I guess I see what you're saying. I, I could have put them up probably as high as fifth, but I have them as eighth on mine. Um, would you Would you have them on you, Grant? I did not have them on my list. Um, okay, and cool. that's that's a fairly con- fairly convincing argument. Um, but also, I think they were playing really well before they traded Kristaps. I don't think this is a, this is not like a complete turnaround. Like they were, they've been really hot, um, just because Luke has been playing much better. They've been playing incredible defense. Um, so like this isn't like this is the reason they're playing really well. And Spencer Dinwiddie has been a lot better than he was with the Wizards, um, and I, I like his fit. But still, I just didn't. I I, I guess what kept him off the list was I just didn't really understand. Um, how this improved their ceiling with either in the short term or the long term because they end up I mean this financially this ends up maybe saving them half of Kristaps contract two years from now um, 
because they could get off of one of these contracts, which were basically um, half of his contract each. Um, but like, what what are the Mavs? Like, what are the Mavs gonna do with it? This is the Dallas Mavericks who have like the worst free agent history, like of like wanting to go after guys and not being able to land them. Um, them and the Knicks might have like the worst free agent history in recent memory. Um, so like, what are they gonna do with that cap space? They, you know, they get rid of their second star, and like he obviously had not lived up to the, his billing, um, but still had some really good moments. And when when he was able to stay on the floor, when he was able to be a complete player. Um, I mean, I'm, you don't, I don't hate them necessarily getting off Kristaps, um, but I just didn't think this was uh, the, the right way to do it, I guess. So, I, I, I don't think your argument was not um, persuasive at all, though. I think I could have had them on my list, but I left them off. Yeah, now I feel you. Uh, it's, it's a... How, how do I say this properly? Uh, it was a choice. It was a choice that I made because I was just so... I'm pleasantly surprised by how good Dinwiddie's been playing next to Luca, and I kind of, like I said, I equated it to the Sixers thing where they just got rid of a problem, and yes, it was definitely, it wasn't a return of getting James Harden in return for getting rid of your problem, but there is something to be said for the Mavericks looking at their roster, saying, yeah, this is a problem, that he's not playing for us, we still sound that we don't like the fit with Luca. He's just not playing for us, and I think there's more value in keeping the ball in Luka Doncic's hands, opening up cap space, and allowing Luka to just be the guy and really try to build around him properly and support him properly um, instead of trying to force-feed the ball to Kristaps Porzingis in the post and try and get him more acclimated into the team and make him happier. Like, no, we should be focusing on making Luka Doncic happy. And that's that's the decision they made, and I, I like the decision. Um, uh, there was one more thing I was going to say. Uh, uh, nope, I forgot. Nope, I forgot. <laughs> Never mind. I forgot. Okay, um, I'll uh, I'll talk uh, then for about the because I you know Wizards, uh, I can give some insights here on this on these players and these on from the Wizards side. Um, so Dinwiddie started awesome for the Wizards. Uh, I mean only five game sample, but for October, average essentially twenty points, five and a half rebounds, five and a half assists on fifty five percent true shooting. So we had this great start, and then by December, his month stats for December were 10.5 by rebounds, success, and yeah. shooting 44% true shooting from the it field. Was... So he really just he really went down uh, from there, and he started he's actually started to pick it back up now with the Mavs. And so one side of me is like, does he just have hot starts with teams, and then it goes downhill, or uh, which I don't think is the case. I think he's probably a better fit with the Mavs, and I think he's probably a better fit with the Mavs because. He came to Washington with the idea that he was going to be a leader of the team. Um, so I think his role wasn't uh, what he thought it was going to be uh, with the Mavs or with the Wizards, where like I think pretty much Bradley Beal and the guys were like, you're not our leader. And uh, and so I don't, and I'm guessing that kind of went on to the core too. Like he didn't really know when he should be shooting versus when he should be facilitating. Yeah. But when he's with the yeah. Mavs, He's gonna. He knows for a fact that Luca is the alpha here. He knows right. that this is Luca's right. team. Luca calls the shots, and he's gonna provide additional playmaking. Um, when Luca is like kind of needing a breather with the ball and just like make cuts and do that sort of thing, so I think he's gonna have a clearer. This is what I'm supposed to do here. Role with the Mavs, which will help him out. Um, he's not a great spot up three point shooter, which is what you would hope for. Uh, to put someone around a Luca or a Harden or a Jokic or like just anyone, send anyone like that. Right. Um, right. 
but I, I think he's going to know what he's doing more here, which, which will be good for him. Um, I'm, I'm confused. I'm interested to see how it works in the playoffs, but as the regular season, it is good just to see Luca get to rest a little bit on like those moments of having someone else who can handle the ball. Um, in addition to Jalen Brunson, I've actually, I've heard that apparently that trio of guys together have done really well in those, in their minutes of, uh, Luca Brunson and Dinwiddie and they're on the court together. Uh, for Bertans, I think he, I mean, maybe he just kind of lost his shot, but it seems like from interviews, he also just lost confidence in who he is as a player hmm. uh, in Washington. And then that was part of a locker room thing as well, from what he yeah. said. I mean, yeah. you never know what the people say is true. Uh, but if he, if he does turn back into a great shooter, then that's exactly the kind of guy. I mean, you wish he played defense, but at least offensively, <laughs> he's exactly who you want around Luka. So right. in that sense, you can see, because that's what Kristaps was supposed to be, but Kristaps just wasn't. Um, so. Yeah, Kristaps wanted a lot more than just being that guy around Luca. Like, he wanted to be a lot more. Um, so yeah. I get, I get, I, I think there's more potential for Mavericks. The, the, the thing for the Wizards though, which is why I have like the Wizards right next to the Mavericks in my rankings here, but they, I just had them later, was to get off of those contracts and kind of get a reset for the Wizards. Um, I thought was yeah. a huge blessing. So. Um, Good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, guess, I was gonna I guess, say I, I, I had the Wizards. I had the Wizards twelfth on my list, um, and uh, the reason being that like both those guys have been terrible for them this year, and like we're pretty fairly sizable contracts. Um, so to like turn those guys into a chance at Chris Tops, I thought was was good enough. I mean, especially when you're trying to keep Beal around. Um, to give it to give him someone that's more attractive. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I think Wizards fans don't want to keep Beal around. I don't I don't know any really? of my fans really? who are like who want Beal to resign honestly because they, they the that contract's gonna be an albatross. So it will be a lot. Yeah, that's that. It's it's just it's such a weird situation. Like he should have been traded like a year and a half, two years ago, easy. It's one of those things too. Like we were really happy that he was loyal, but now we're like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not sure about this one. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I remember what I was gonna say. I was, I remembered what I was gonna say before, and it went to the point Grant made about the Dallas having cap space and like, what are they gonna do in free agency? I think their whole thought process is we're gonna sell Luca to players, and how we're not even gonna. By trading KP, we can put all of our focus and attention on Luka Doncic and trying to build around him. So when we enter free agency and we have this cap space and we're trying to sign people to fit him, we are going to sell Luka Doncic, playing with a facilitator, Luka Doncic, to all these guys. Now, will that attract like a high-level wing scorer? Who knows? But I think it will help them fill out the roster in a more proper way since they now have the clear vision and the clear path of Luka's our guy, we are now just going to be supporting him. We're not going to try and divvy up some love and, and, and attention to Kristaps and try and get him feeling better about playing for the Mavs. No, like Luca's our dude. We're now just going to try and support him. So I think I think uh, to, I think that'll help help the Dallas Mavericks. To like to counter that, the like the other perspective I was thinking about this was um, like that. That all sounds great. Like you would think Luca would be really attractive, but first of all, I think sometimes guys probably are. Um, turned off by how ball ball dominant he is like guys who yep. are other stars who are watching him might, might be turned off by how ball dominant he is not only that i think a lot of nba stars kind of are disrespectful towards european players sometimes and don't yeah. really see give give them the credit they deserve i think we've seen that with Doncic and Jokic. um we've seen it in like in all-star drafts um um guys not really wanting to take the, the european players i think they sometimes disrespect them so i'm not sure if he's going to be as attractive as he should be with how good he is um, at, at, for free agents. 
That's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. I, I think it's it's got he's got MJ's blessing though. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I, I that's definitely fair. I I think if, if there's there there have to be some guys who would want to play with Lucas, what I'm saying. Like there gotta be some really good guys who see and can kind of swallow that pride and be like, Yeah, I would really want to play with that guy. And if the Mavs find those dudes who fit Luca well, I, I think that just helps them moving forward. But well, enough. We can do enough. Enough Mavericks talk. Like I'll I'll move on to my next pick. So this is the fourth pick of the draft. Uh, then I'll make this one easy. I'll pick the Boston Celtics. Uh, I'll pick the Boston Celtics with my fourth, with my second pick, but the fourth overall pick in this draft. Uh, Boston. The the big trade uh, the Boston made right. They they received Derek White. Uh, and they traded Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and a 2022 first-round pick that's protected picks one through four, and a 2028 first-round pick swap to the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I mean, I I just adore this trade for the Boston Celtics. They're already one of the best defenses in the NBA. Adding Derek White, Derek White literally only helps them, and Derek White's a sneaky. Uh, off the dribble, off the dribble score can shoot a little bit. Like he's not a he's not some slouch on the offensive end either, but so he helps on both ends of the floor, adds a little bit more depth to that team. Um, and I literally got on a soapbox on an episode where I I I was so disappointed in Josh Richardson as as a player. So I'm glad to see him uh, traded away from the Celtics team uh, because Josh he, he actually got, played all right for the Celtics. He played he okay. just, but he's not as good uh, as Derek no, he was. White he, he was having a good. He was having a good season for the uh, Celtics. Yeah, he was playing okay, but I I still uh, I just have my my personal vendetta against Josh Richardson, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I like this trade for Boston, um, so I'll I'll pick him fourth. Okay, so I had this was the I had the Celtics second overall in my entire rankings. Um, in my I had the Celtics second what? when I was touching on my first thing with the Sixers. Um, if they are the only team that made a deal where I thought that deal now we can see it too is like okay this team looks like an actual contender and their trade is a big reason why and uh, like for a fact they look like a contender. Um, which is why like, I had the Nets lower just because like, we don't know yet sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but the Celtics, they do look like a contender right now. Um, I love Derek White. I did not watch him on the Spurs because I wasn't watching much Spurs. <laughs> uh, I've like, seen him like, in moments and like this guy looks pretty good, but you never really know with a middling team how good someone is. And then you see him on a team that is really fighting for a real playoff contention. And it's like, oh, this is a guy that every playoff contender – would kill to have as yep. a rotation and six man or like probably in a six man role. And uh, just seeing him come into games and like off the bench, take a rebound and just go coast to coast before the defense has even gone back or in this defense is, uh, is incredible. And this is the thing I really like it for the Celtics is uh, the Celtics have just Brad Stevens has had enough when he was as a coach of having like 12 guys on the team who thought they deserved playing time but weren't really good enough to make a difference and now he's going okay we have actually eight guys in this team and that's who I'm playing that's who we're playing with and but all eight are going to be people who contribute and in the Celtics when they have Derek Wyden um there's no there's no offense mismatch every time there's an opposing player there's no situation when they're like oh good he's on the court let me go after him um and I don't know how many if any other teams in the NBA can say that except for the Celtics. So I love, I love this trade for the Celtics and what they did this trade deadline. Well said. I, 
like I said, um, I did not have the Celtics on my list, and I was, I think I might have just forgotten them. I think I might have meant to put them somewhere. Like <laughs> they probably should have been, probably should have been like, I don't know, sixth or seventh for me. I was a little lower on this than me because, like I said, I think Josh Richardson was having a really good year. Um, I thought this was a fair amount to give up for Derek White, just a little bit. And I think, like, just like the Mavs, I think they were already really hot, so we're probably conflating their really good play too much with Derek White right now just because they acquired him. Not that he's not helping. Um, but this was a team that was already playing like one of the best teams in the NBA um, of, of recent. Um, so I, I, it's not entirely just Derek White that added this, but he definitely, like y'all said, he definitely does give um, them another guy who can create a, his own shot a little bit. Um, he plays really hard, is like unselfish, um, brings some of that Spursian attitude, which is something they obviously desperately needed, um, and only improves their defense um, even more. So it's it's I would probably should have had them somewhere in the middle of my list, but not quite as high on them as you the, the 2028 first-round pick swap is potentially nerve-wracking uh, for the Celtics. Like, I don't care that's, about the, the 2022 first-rounder, because that's probably going to be in the 20s. Um, but, the, yeah, the 2028 first-round pick swap, that's that many years away for any team is potentially that's nerve-wracking. A, um, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good transition into my next pick, because this is the team I had third is the San Antonio Spurs. Who I think, as as a as wow. a collective, cl- cleaned up, cleaned up. Um. So they gave up Derek White, Thad Young, Drew Eubanks, and their second rounder this year. They got Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, Goran Dragic, Thomas Sadoransky, the Raptors first rounder this year, the Celtics first rounder this year, the twenty twenty eight Celtics first round swap, the U- Utah second rounder. I think this year an unidentified second rounder and cash. Yeah, I, I couldn't find the list who that second, that third, no second second rounder was. Um, but that's just a lot of stuff to kind of clean up guys that were. Can you can Derek you White was players, a bit, Can you mention the players aspect of that again? Who they? Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, Goran Dragic, Thomas Sadoransky. Okay, so Dragic and Sadoransky are gone. As did they keep Josh Richardson? Yeah, they kept Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford. Okay. Did they? They. Did they buy out Drogic and Sadoransky? Yeah, they're gone, yeah. Yeah, Drogic okay. plays for the Nets. Um, but anyways, Derek, Derek White was superfluous for them. Um, they didn't really have so many guards. He was fairly superfluous for them. Um, and is a good player, but I mean, they, I think they got quite good value for him. Thad Young um, was a veteran who clearly you know, belonged on a team that was more going to be contending, and they got good value from him. Um, so I think for a team that wasn't really – going to do anything this year and for the Spurs team that never makes moves at the deadline um, I was kind of I did not go into this expecting to put them anywhere you know, not, not even really thinking about what they did but when you just look at all the moves they made collectively I think they had a really really smart um, trade deadline and that like you said that 2028 Celtics first round swap could end up being really good I mean they could be nothing but could end up being really good and plus they got two first rounders this year additionally um, so this is like the type of move that a team that's in the middle of a rebuild kind of and like moving trying to move to the next phase of the rebuild um needs to make to kind of help them on that path i i would i yeah okay i didn't really have the spurs on here i think maybe i didn't give enough credit for the spurs ability to draft um unheralded players and turn them into something (laughs) so actually (laughs) so if they're Getting people's late first and second rounders, like they're like a top three team of someone being like that might actually turn into something. Where if 
if you gave it that, if you told me you got a 20 something pick or a certain second rounder for 20 of the NBA franchises, I'd be like, who cares? Like it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, but I guess for the, for the Spurs, Spurs, they're playing to their strengths in that sense. Like the Raptors and Celtics will probably end up, I would guess either late teens or early twenties for both those picks this yeah. year, which the Spurs that's, that's like magic for them. Plus they have their own pick, which will be um, somewhere near the top 10. Um, so they could really clean up in the draft this year. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's why I had them. I like it. I like it. I, I, I mean, I like it. Grant. I didn't think about that angle, but it makes sense. I mean, it helps the rebuild, helps the future, um, and that's what they're at now. I mean, I said this on, I said this on a on a friend of mine's podcast. Uh, I say like a month and a half ago, where I was like, the Spurs need to just embrace the tank, embrace the rebuild, because they keep winning games, and they were like ninth in the West at a point in time. Like, stop winning games. Like, you're not good enough to contend. Like. Yep. rebuild embrace it and as as you illustrated these these moves really show that so yeah i like the pick um for so my pick is next can i do a team that didn't make a deal this is the only team on my Go for it. Go for it. my list of 12 that did not make a deal that i included in this exercise how do my zoom sure. get so big get smaller go back down no what happened <laughs> <laughs> that's what you uh, here we go so let us recap real quick. We've got Nets, Sixers. Who'd you pick third, Francis? I picked Dallas. Okay, Dallas, Celtics, Spurs. That's top five. Okay, so my oh, six Sixers, team. Nets, sorry, I put those out of order. Sorry. Um, six team, who I had fourth in mine, um, is actually the Grizzlies, who did nothing. Hey. And the only team that did nothing. That's the, uh, that's, I had them lower, but that's the one team I also had that did not yeah. make a deal. And I have them. I, I have them fifth. So I'm, I'm okay. Um, here's I had them. I had them as fourth, as a team that did nothing, as a trade deadline winner for a couple of reasons. The first one is the obvious one of like they're already playing really well. So like why make a difference? But I I do think a lot of times teams that are playing really well, um, oftentimes a trade deadline deal can make a big difference. So they're like a small move can make a big difference to what. Uh, their team's going to look like in the playoffs and that can actually put a team over the edge in contention. Um, but like, you know, someone like the Spurs or something, or like the uh, Suns might want to do something small on the fringes. Like they did a couple of things like that. Uh, but for the Grizzlies, I like that they didn't because they were probably tempted to do something because um, they have so many young guys on the team that there's like moves they could have made to try to flip something either small or big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that they didn't because it's letting these young guys have a chance together for this season and be like, let's just see what you guys do this off this postseason. And if you're awesome, like we know we don't have to do anything in the future sort of thing. Um, but if, if you're not enough, then we know that you guys aren't enough because of whatever reason. And we'll make that change in the off season. Uh, the other aspect I like about this is once again, cause this is a really young team is that it's almost like a childhood. Like if you're a kid in Santa Claus, it's like, hold off on them. That, like let that kid believe in Santa Claus as long as you want in the sense that let these young guys believe this is not just a business as long as they can. Because, oh, like, God. once you blow up a team's chemistry oh, no. for the sake of games, of, like, oh, right, this is a business, this isn't that much fun playing with each other sort of thing. It's not just, like, we're having a good time together. Yeah. That can probably change some guys. So I think just, like, keep that joy in them. Let them have fun together, win games for as long as it lasts. And then uh, when it's time to uh, make the uh, sad move, you, you do it then later. Yep, I I agree with all that. Um, the reason, other reason that I had them on here, and also it's also 
part of it is the reason I had them lower um, is that the so both the Jazz and the Lakers did not do anything really to improve um, during the trade deadline, and the Jazz especially are one of the their Western Conference contenders, um, so that helps the the Grizzlies there. Um, the Lakers potentially could end up being a first round matchup, so those could be their first and second round matchups um, if things fall one way. So those teams not improving um, helps them there, but also they hold both of those teams' draft picks in this year's draft. So that can improve both their slots, except for this. Th- I had them higher, and then I put them down to 11th because of the one wrinkle in that is that they hold the Lakers' first-round pick. If it falls, if I'm understanding the protections right, if it falls between 11 and 30, right now it's at 11. If it falls to below that, it falls between 1 and 10. It goes to the Pelicans. The Pelicans are one spot behind the Lakers' right now in the rankings like they're a game a game back at the lakers so they have every incentive after acquiring cj mccollum they have every incentive to win move ahead of the lakers push the lakers back into the top 10 so that they can get the lakers pick so yeah. they, they would end up with like the 10th and 11th pick instead of like just the 10th pick in that in that scenario um so it's almost like the lakers the, the grizzlies could have used the lakers to actually improve a little bit um to keep to fend off the, so, the Pelicans. If you're the Grizzlies, like you give a guy that you're not really playing, but you know can make a difference for the Lakers to help them out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's probably what they should have done. Because uh, otherwise they will end up with, I think, two future seconds from the Pelicans instead of this Lakers pick. So it would really hurt if they end up losing this, losing out on this pick from the Lakers. Who, off the top of your head, if you have someone, who would you who would you have given up for the Grizzlies to give to the Lakers? That wouldn't hurt the Grizzlies, but would help the Lakers. Maybe like uh, I mean, Killian. Dylan Brooks is always is always the first one, but that's probably a little too good. Um, but I mean, maybe maybe it would have been Dylan Brooks. I would, I would probably say that really wouldn't hurt the Grizzlies, but help the Lakers would be like John Conchar. Like I think he actually helped. Yeah, the maybe Lakers maybe as John a Conchar spacer and a ball mover uh, who plays decent defense. That that so. that'd be the other, that was the other guy I was thinking. Yeah. Maybe John Contra and, and Xavier Tillman. We have so many guys. We we have we yeah. can just afford to lose John Contra and Xavier Tillman, and that could help the Lakers. Yeah. But I also um, don't want to give up. Josh yeah, so that's Hunter why I had them play. a little lower down the list. <laughs> that Pelicans uh, angle is why I had them a little bit lower down the list. Um, but still, like the Jazz don't improve. That helps the that helps the Grizzlies' championship chances a bit. And they could end up playing, like I said, they could end up playing if things fall correctly. They could end up playing the Lakers in the first round. So them being worse too also you know, helps. I don't want to get on a. Memphis Grizzlies tangent because that's what me and Grant did when you weren't on the podcast, Connor. So I don't want. I don't want. Should I go ahead then? Uh, no, I, I don't. Uh, no, you're good. You're good to stay. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess I'll I'll actually say this about the Lakers aspect, the Lakers Grizzlies pick thingy. If we want the Lakers to do better and maybe finish, um, you know, in a yeah, just in a higher seat, they are currently ninth in the West. They are five and a half games back of the Clippers. They just lost two games to the Clippers. Like I think two of their last four games were against the Clippers. Lost both. And they are seven games back from the Timberwolves for seventh. So it's like, remember when LeBron was like, whoever made the play-in tournament should be fired. Like, what a stupid idea. They're literally hanging on by the skin of their teeth because of the play-in play tournament. Like, it, yeah. I don't want to talk too much about Lakers, but this it's crazy how far they've fallen. It's unbelievable. But yeah. we'd love to see a reporter ask LeBron right now. What do you think of the uh, play-in tournament? Yeah. Just to see what yeah. he says. I mean, someone Such someone shame. needs to have the uh, yeah, courage to do so. Yeah. Who's picking? All right. So, uh, my pick now for the um, seventh pick. I think we're on the seventh. 
Okay, yeah. No, six. Yeah, seventh. Um, so seventh pick officially in our draft, but this was five on my draft board. Uh, which, or sorry, this is three on my draft board. Oh shit! <laughs> um, I had the Pelicans, and I had them. Oh, I had them fourth. Oh. So. Oh. Okay, so I'll say what they received and then what they gave up. They received C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell. They gave up Josh Hart, N.A.W. Thomas Adaransky, uh Didi Luzada, who I've never said his name before, so I, I apologize if I messed that up. <laughs> so that's how uh, I would have pronounced it too. Uh, Twenty. Uh, a 2022 protected first, a 2026 second optional second round optional swap, and a 2027 second optional swap, um, or second round pick optional swap. Uh, and the reason why I have the Pelicans so high is one, they look great right now. Honestly, they're playing really well. CJ McCollum's playing really well as their lead ball handler. Um, I like Larry. I really, I've always liked Larry Nance as a player. Like, obviously, he's not a star guy, but just as a role person to have on your a role player to have on a team, yeah, I think yeah. he's a good player. He's a good passer. And he plays good defense. And um, and here's the bigger thing of why I love this for the Pelicans. So not only are they playing well and they're winning games right now, but if if the Zion thing doesn't work out for whatever reason, if Zion does say, you know what, I don't want to stay in New Orleans, New Orleans can say. Like they have, they have truth in a point at and be like, we built you a really good supporting cast. All of a sudden, we gave you around you CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, like Larry Nance is gonna play some defense. Like uh, Valanciunas can score down low for you when you like if if you need a breather or sort of or sort of thing. Uh, just like, hey, we have pieces here that you should have been very happy to play with. Uh, and then, I guess especially if that Lakers pick turns out to be wait, so that Lakers pick could be a Pelicans pick. Yeah. Okay, so especially if that happens yeah, too, if, of like, well, but, uh, Zion, we built you a team here, and then whatever. So I'm not. This is that once again, not even getting into anti-Zion thing. I'm just like, if that rumor of him maybe leaving is true, the Pelicans can point to this. If the thing is like that rumor is not true, and Zion is going to come back and he's going to play great again, then this is going to be a really good, not really good, but this is a potentially really good Pelicans team. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch and give people in New Orleans something to cheer for. So I just loved. I loved it for what they did this uh, trade deadline. Can I yeah, interject really I, quickly? I had them Grant? fourth. Okay, go ahead. I just want to interject really quickly. Did you all see on Mardi Gras the float of Zion Williamson? And it was like Zion looking all really big, like a really big guy on this massive Mardi Gras float. No. And people were they like... They should have had like a Macy's Day Thanksgiving p- balloon of him, like just massive. Oh, my <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, this is the exact way as a small market team you want to appeal to your superstar by literally just making fun yeah. of him in your city's biggest event. But anyway, did they, did they mean to make fun of him or just like happen to turn? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But either way, like if you made that float <laughs> and up? you thought, ooh, this might be actually really, Zion might like this, then there's, I mean, there's something wrong with you. Like there's just no way <laughs> Zion would have liked that. Yeah. Thing. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I had him fourth for um, yeah the, my, the reasons you named Connor um, that they they played really well that CJ McCollum fits really well with what they want to do next to Zion um, that they got they ended up getting Larry Nance back too not really nice player um, I don't know if they kept Tony Snell or not but that's um, uh, the out he's like the outline of a three and D week so may, maybe they can do something with him um, and then I mean I like Josh Hart I I liked Nikhil Alexander Walker when he came out of the draft. Um, and like Josh Hart's been really good this year and has, has been, I think, very good for the, the Trailblazers over there. Uh, but I mean, I think they ended up not giving up a ton here for CJ McCollum. I thought this was really good value to, um, to get CJ McCollum. Um, 
and then the just like just like I was talking about with the Grizzlies, the that Lakers pick they now improve with CJ McCollum, have a better chance of passing the Lakers and ending up with a Lakers pick. Um, and like I said, they could get the tenth and eleventh pick now in the draft coming up. Um, so that would be really good. So yeah, they have a lot to build around with Zion. Um, actually, my dad I wanted to talk about. This. My dad sent me a link from some website called Fadeaway World that um, posted a potential Grizzlies Pelicans trade where the Grizzlies get Zion, what Larry Nance and Devonte Graham for Jaron Zaire Williams and DeAnthony Melton. Would y'all do that pick? Oh, and a first round oh. pick. Um, so Zion, Devonte Graham, and Larry Nance, the Grizzlies, for Jaron, D'Anthony Melton, Zaire Williams, and a first round pick. Would y'all do that trade if you're the Grizzlies? I don't even know if the Grizzlies make it, but I know for sure the Pelicans are not doing that. Like 100%, they're not doing that. You don't think so? I mean, they, I think the Pelicans are worried that Zion might not even resign. I think the Pelicans are worried. No, like, I think about, about no matter Zion what, though, back. no matter what, they're getting better value than that in the trade market. Even if they, even if he's not going to stay with them, so. I think they can get like uh, three. Jaren's got pretty high value right now. Yeah, but they they can still just be like, we're gonna get, we're gonna collect picks or something from someone, because the Grizzlies first Chris, round. Do you think, do you think the Grizzlies would do that? What? I don't know if the Grizzlies. Fran- would or Francis, not. Francis, do you think the Grizzlies would do that? I'm stroking my unshaven beard right now as I think about if I think the Grizzlies would do that. That is. I I'm gonna say no because you would still have to pay. Zion. Wait, I don't know this off the top of my head. Does Zion, Zion's next contract kicked in yet? Has he agreed to the rookie max? I have no idea. Like I'm sure he'll sign. No, he hasn't signed anything. Him. That's okay. It's no. That's the uh. That's the thing with him is like people are, uh, projecting or thinking that possibly he could be the first one of the rookies to turn, to down, turn down the the rookie the max rookie and max take the qualifying offer. Exactly right, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, that was kind of dumb of me to say. So, uh. We'll have if we got Zion Williams Williamson, we'd have to pay him a rookie max if we're going to retain him, and that's a lot of fucking money. What of what I loved about Jaron Jackson on the Grizzlies is a his fit with Jaws fantastic, and b his contract is so team friendly. It's so it's literally the perfect contract you want if you want to also build around young guys who you'll also eventually have to pay them in the future as well. Like Jaron Jackson's contract was so good, especially since it's it's, it's a descending contract. So to get rid of that. And basically pay Zion Williamson, I'd say around maybe $60 million more over the next few years compared to what you would be paying Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't know. Like that's, I don't know. Because you still have to pay the young guys. You still have to pay Zier. What if it was... I don't know. What if What if in the contract was baked in a bunch of um, injury bonuses? Like it has me, me game games played thresholds and stuff in, in order to really get that full value of that contract. Maybe. Like, maybe like the Joel Embiid contract. Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe if that's the case. But then if you're Zion, like, that's going to take some swallowing a lot of pride to, I think, if you're Zion, it's going to take swallowing a pride to agree to those things. Uh, because I'm sure, sure Zion I mean, still thinks he's Zion Williamson and one of the best, if not the best, young player in the NBA. So, I mean, that'll take some, that'll take some big... Big swallow of pride from Zion. Not that I'm saying not to yeah. say he can't do it. I think I think he's. I think either way. I think I think whoever he ends up signing that extension with, I think they're gonna bake those things into the contract. Um, yeah. And you know, it's obviously it's yeah. Like you said, it will take some swallowing the pride, but like they're gonna be like, listen, man, we can't do this. This is the same contract Joe Embiid did. Joe Embiid is a very prideful guy, and he and he took the contract. Right. You just have to understand from our perspective, like how we have to protect this a little bit. Right. Um, 
and, and we would love for you to play all these games and to get all this money. We would love for it. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's how the Grizzlies would have to spin it or any team who would sign Zion for, for his next contract. Um, and if they included all those bonuses for sure, that's, that's, I think that's how they'd have to do it. But I just, I just worry about paying all the young dudes. They'd have to pay Zira. They'd have to pay Desmond Bain. Like Desmond Bain's going to get a lot of money. No, Zyra, Zyra would be gone, but Zyra, Zyra was in this trade, by the way. Oh, that's, that's right. You're, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm there. sorry. Thank you. Yeah, Sarah would be gone in that trade. So then they, yeah, they still have to pay Desmond Bain, who who's going to get a lot of money. De- Jaron's already making a good yeah. amount of money. I just worry about that aspect. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the Grizzlies would do it. My my gut says no. I think I wouldn't do it. I I think it's probably too risky as well. Um, and yeah, on the the, no. the Zion float, the Zion float. I'm looking at it. It was so it was a painting on the side of the float, and it was very clearly intentional um like it's it's over the top yeah. and written on his chest is one ton they named him yeah. one ton right right it's so bad it very clearly intentional it's very bad there's no question about that here's here's what i'm hoping for is that uh like as fans and media especially media because it's their job but like you everything that happens recently like whatever happens most recently feels so feels so true and important when it's probably not that uh like maybe he does maybe this is just a lost year but like zion comes back in shape and he's good to go next season so it's like okay he just he missed a year who cares and if he's back to normal he as a second year player i thought he was a second team all nba guy last year so like if he comes back to like that trajectory it's like oh we kind of like oh this whole thing was so silly that we were even talking about zion so absolutely but like that's like that's like just the gamble like that's what all these things are they're all like taking just taking gambles like would do do you want to take on that risk or no like it's it's a huge risk and it could end up being stupid or it could end up being completely correct so who the fuck knows i mean that's what the sixers Uh, and nets did right like they took a gamble and and it's obviously worked out well for the sixers but it's a gamble for the nets to take on ben simmons and that's that's all a lot of these moves are, are gambles they're very rarely when you try and make a splash superstar trade. It's rare that they're like guaranteed home runs because you just don't know. Um. Yeah. Francis. Yeah. Is, is it you eighth? Did you just go seventh? No, you're you're <coughs> eighth. Great. You're always the middle one. I'm eighth. Okay. All right. Then I'm gonna go with the team that was fifth on my board. A little bit more on the fringes here. Um. I guess similar to the Spurs, honestly. But I just liked the collective moves they made, and that's the Clippers. Um. They, so what they gave up was Serge Ibaka, Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, David Michinou, David Michinou, uh, yep. a 2025 Detroit second rounder and cash. And they got Norm Powell, Robert Covington, Rodney Hoods, Shimmy Ojale, and Vanja Marinkovic. I, where are these guys coming from? Um, <laughs> so... Basically, they they got and Norm Powell and Robert Covington got two guys that have drawn, um, and especially in Robert Covington's game, like multiple first rounders in like recent trades, and without giving up any first rounders themselves. The closest thing they gave up to a first rounder was uh, Keon Johnson, who I think they took. Was he a late late first round pick this past year? Um, uh, it was like yeah, I think I think it was like a late teens, if I remember correctly. I remember thinking, oh, it's good to get Keon Johnson later in that first round because I thought it was good value. Maybe it is later in that. You can look. I thought it was like almost almost like the, one of the last few picks, but that doesn't really matter. Um, so that's the closest thing they gave up to a first rounder. They, I mean, Nor- I think Norm Powell is a great fit for them. I think Robert Covington, those lineups, 
I think Robert Covington is on an expiring deal, so he might not even be here next next year, which makes this hurt a little bit more. Um, but still, like even if they do end up retaining him, they just built like a really deep roster, and a team that is right now thirty three and thirty one, I think, um, despite not having Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, so when those guys come back, they've got a really deep roster around them, um, and a one that fits really well, and it could be absolute hellfire defensively. Um. And they gave up, you know, Serge Ibaka, who was superfluous for them. They have uh, Isaiah Hardenstein has been really good as a backup center behind Avika Zubox, who's been a pretty damn good starting center as well. So they've yep. already got two centers, didn't really need Serge Ibaka. Um, Eric Bledsoe, like they have Pat Beverly, and they still have Pat Beverly? Am I, am I wrong about that? No, he's on the Timberwolves. Oh, he's on the Timberwolves now, that's right. Okay, well, they have Reddy Jackson. That's a backup, backup point guard for them. Um, so they just didn't really give up a lot, and I think took um, advantage of – you know, the, the trailblazers here just kind of wanting to move off of some of these, these guys and, and restart um, fresh. And I think just to build like a really deep roster, that's going to be very dangerous, especially if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George come back this year, which is in the cards right now um, that they come back for the playoffs. So. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I think, uh, I mean, the Clippers are right. As you said, they're eighth, they're seven, they're 34 and 31, seven and three in their last 10 games. As I said, they beat the Lakers basically back to back in the most recent, most recent week, week and a half or so. Uh, like I, I think this makes them, if they had, if Paul George comes back, I mean, that's the thing, right? If Paul George comes back and Kawhi even somehow comes back in time for the playoffs, like this could be probably the most dangerous eight seed in the history of the NBA. Like if they do come back healthy and they look really good again, this could be the greatest eight seed ever. Like, is oh that, my God. Is that oh in the, God. is that in the cards? I thought they were, I thought it was like, they were, I thought it's, it was like maybe officially out. Is that possible? Paul George could come back. There's, there's possible. been talk about them coming back. I'm pretty sure there's been talk about Kawhi coming back as well. It might, it might not happen, but I think for some there, reason, there I just thought the Kawhi was officially out for the whole, the president of basketball operations said he doesn't know if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will return before the end of the season. And that was on February 6th. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's articles February 25th. Will they return for this season? It's, it's just, it's possible. It might, it might not happen. So it might not it's the happen. classic Kawhi thing of like, no one's going to know what he's playing. Until he's <laughs> yeah. Playing. Until he actually yeah. plays. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I like the Clippers thing. I, I think they got really good value. I like the Norman, Norman isn't again. We should. I should know this. We should know this. But isn't Norman Powell hurt? Yeah. And even even with Norman Powell being injured, I, I still liked getting him in that in that trade. And I like Robert Covington's as. I feel like we've been all, we've been saying this about Robert Covington for like three years, but he's such a good three and D wing who can play defense and shoot a little bit. Blah blah blah. I feel like we've been saying that forever. But he still kind of is. His three point shooting is kind of he is taking it. Yeah, like. Well, his three-point shooting has gone down a little bit, but he's still a decent shooter and still a really good defender. So I think, as, as we talked about before, if Paul George comes back, if slash when, if slash when Kawhi Leonard comes back, this could be the most dangerous eight seed of all time in the NBA. So you know, I, I, I do like what the Clippers did. Yep. All right. Um, who's next? I, I want You guys want to say this is the last pick since we're at 70 minutes now? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Sure. All right. Sure. So, Francis, bring it home for us here. Okay. God, no pressure, right? God dang. Uh, <laughs> I will go... I'll go Pacers. I'll go Indiana Pacers uh, for... for 
what is overall the ninth pick or tenth pick? What pick is this overall? Ninth pick. Ninth. Yeah, ninth pick overall. Pacers were seventh on my big board. Um, I just, y'all know how I feel about Sabonis. I, I feel like I'm a little higher on Sabonis than you all are. Um, but well, well, I like Sabonis. Yeah. Like, yes. We've based on our conversations. I think Carter, you do like Sabonis. I think I'm higher on Sabonis than Grant is, but. Um, I'll I'm, get high, that. I'm, I'm high in Sabonis. All, my only point earlier in the year was that Jalen Brown has more value. That's all I said. Right. I didn't yeah, even say Jalen Brown was a better player. I just said Jalen Brown has more value. But anyway. I understand. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so before I even get to that trade, the Pacers also received Jalen Smith and a 2022 second round pick from the Suns in return for Torrey Craig, um, which actually I like that sneaky like margin move for the Pacers. Um, but obviously their big one is the Pacers received Tyrese Halliburton. Buddy Heal and Tristan Thompson, and they traded to the Sacramento Kings Demonis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2027 second round pick. Uh, the Pacers have been. Are you going to touch on the Lavert trade too, or you want me to? Sit? Uh, I would. I, I mean, I guess I might as well. Um, I don't have it pulled up. Pulled okay, up. well, they they got the Cavs 2022. They got the Cavs first round pick this year. Gave up Karis Lavert. I think they gave up the Heat. The, the Miami Heat 2022 second pick, but then uh, I forget which trades were which, but they got a Houston 2022 second and a Utah 2022 second. So that's their total received. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just, the, the Pacers haven't been that great after the trade. So, I mean, that's that's one thing, but the Pacers have just been, have been very good throughout the whole season. So maybe as a franchise, they're kind of th- making the season a wash and just trying to, get a good draft pick, who knows. Um, but, yeah, they haven't been very good, but I still like the players that they got um, during the trade deadline, around the trade deadline, as you mentioned, Connor. Um, so, you know, I anytime you trade a guy who's a former All-Star, you want to get good value for him. And I think getting Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Thompson, but mainly Halliburton, and also a little sprinkling of Buddy Heald, I think that's pretty decent value for for the Pacers, they could have gotten a pick in return. Uh, I think that would have been more apt in my mind in return for Sabonis. But I mean, I'm a big Tyrese Halliburton guy. I'm, I'm assuming y'all are as well. I, I just think it's a very, very good basketball player who has high upside as uh, as a high upside defender, good shooter, good playmaker, decent off the dribble as well. I just I like Tyrese Halliburton a lot. So uh, I think. Getting him in return for Sabonis, I think, is good for the Pacers. Um, so that's why I, I have them. I'll pick him with the 10th overall pick. Okay. Yeah, I had uh, the Pacers I had the Pacers 5 in my rankings. Gotcha. Um, I'm 6. And just as a statement on Halliburton, uh, since he's been with Indiana, he's averaging 19 points, 9.3 assists, 4.8 rebounds, and he's shooting 42% from 3. So... He's been very good uh, as, as only a second-year guy who not only is putting up good stats as a second-year guy, but he's just one of those dudes when you watch, he's just clearly making winning plays all the time. Um, so I think he's a great piece for them. The uh, lo- Losing some bonus is, is interesting. I, I would have loved actually to have seen some bonus and Halliburton together as both two guys who play really well with others and great passers that I wish, whether it was Indiana or with the Kings, 
I wish that they would have. I still don't understand why the Kings made the decision that Halliburton was the guy they were going to give up. It seemed like Halliburton should have been their one guy that they weren't trading, and they would have been willing to give up anybody else. Um, yeah. But uh, so the Kings are low on this, but I guess they got Sabonis, so that's good for them. But still, Halliburton and Sabonis have been really fun to watch Very fun. Uh, together. Very fun. Anyway, whatever. Um, Tristan Thompson, I just want to mention this as well. Tristan Thompson was immediately released. I think he spent like two yeah, days in Indiana. He plays did you see now. his uh, thank you post? Oh, that's right. He did make a thank you post. He did a thank you post to Indiana. Yeah. And I, and I, and I don't think it was ironic. I think, it was, yeah. I think he was being serious. He was only there for like two days. It was, yeah, I, I, I don't think he even suited up ever. I forgot um, he got waived. Yeah. yeah, I'll send a link to that after. Anyone want listening, go look up the uh, uh, Tristan Thompson um, thank you post because it's hilarious. Uh, and then the other aspect of I would have liked for the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton is such a great piece, I guess. But probably, I mean, I guess Buddy Hills, maybe Buddy Hill is someone you do flip for a first rounder. Um, but I would have liked to have probably gotten a first rounder back for Sabonis. But then they traded away Karis LeVert and got a first rounder from the Cavs for that. So that kind of was like, okay, whatever that offset. They got their first rounder, which is like seemingly the Pacers should probably try, try to be collecting good picks. Um, and I. Karis LeVert is a guy that was like on the Pacers, like, what's the point? So if you get a first rounder for Karis LeVert, I think that's a great, a great deal for the Pacers. Yeah, I think the funny thing about this for Sabonis is like for years we've been trying to break up Sabonis and Miles Turner, and then now he's on the Kings, and I'm like thinking about how he fits with them, and I'm like, you know, like they're they've got they need they need shooting around De'Aaron Fox, and Sabonis doesn't provide shooting, and then their other bigs are Rashawn Holmes, doesn't provide shooting. Um, that's that's their that's their second best big, and I'm like man, and Sabonis doesn't really protect the rim either. Like they can kind of use rim protection and shooting next to him, and I'm like wait, Miles Turner provides that's exactly what Miles Turner provides <laughs> is rim protection and shooting. Is like was he the perfect big kind of except for like maybe like a Jaron Jackson guy who's like a little bit more mobile and switchable and playmaking. Um, like is he the perfect big kind of to be next to Sabonis? Because if Sabonis your center, you're just not gonna have shooting or rim protection from the the center position. Um, as good as he is as a playmaker and stuff like he's those are those are his weaknesses you need someone to fill in those gaps and like finding those guys next to him uh is pretty hard um so it's just like is was miles turner like the perfect guy this entire time like or were we making too much of this <laughs> is this uh, like the uh like the the movies it's when like graduate it's like the graduation guy realizes models. that the girl who's right for him is like is the one in the friend group yeah thing. yeah <laughs> The one he overlooked for years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we need to play, like, I Will Remember You over top yeah. of this part. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I I think Tyrus Halliburton is, is pretty good value to get. I mean, I think it's, again, like, it's it's somewhat of a gamble because the hope is that Tyrus Halliburton is, I mean, obviously he's playing extremely well, but the hope is he can be as good as Sabonis, um, but just, like, at a, at a more, a position, like, a that's more important in today's league and doing, doing things that's a little bit more important in today's league. Right. Good point. Um, but he's not quite that player yet. So like this is just a little bit of risk to like move on. But I mean, that's what you, that's what you do in these trades is take on a little bit of risk um, to try to move off of, of a good player. Um, but hopefully that's going to improve the Pacers. So I, I had the Pacers six. So we, I think we were all pretty in, in alignment with, with this one. Cool. Cool. So yeah, so that, that concludes our trade deadline draft. Uh, do do y'all want to do picks before we finish out this episode, or what? What do y'all? Oh feeling? yeah, what do y'all feeling? of course. Let's do some bets. Yes. All right, now my favorite part of every episode is the betting, and uh, 
really, I've, I don't know if you guys realize this, but it's been a very long time since I have not won bets in part because we haven't been doing that many episodes, but I've just won, happened to win the last couple of episodes that we have done. Like, I don't know if I've lost since the Bucks won against the Suns in the finals. I'm just saying, like, I think I'm on, like, almost a season-long winning streak right now. And, uh, so that's why you've been uh, refusing to do episodes. It's like you're only wanting to do bets when you have like some insider information or something. Yeah. You're not going to do <laughs> well, bets when you have a chance of losing. I just say, like, you know, it's always been a whole season now where I've been on top. Anyway, okay, maybe okay. we might close. We might close out the season that way too. We'll I see hope what happens. Please, Grant. I don't even care if I lose. That does not happen. Please, please, Grant. Please. I mean, I don't know if anyone in history has been on such okay, a season. Okay, let's just throw the game. Just, 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 just say the game. I should join real. I should join the real gambling inner circles. Uh, oh here we go. God. I, just, um, I can end the podcast. First game we have is tonight, Saturday, March fifth. Uh, the Seventy Sixers are at the Heat. Seventy Sixers oh. at the Heat. I actually bet like five dollars in this game because Sixers are plus money. I was like, yeah, I'll just bet five dollars. So I bet on the Sixers. So I'll pick Sixers. Ooh, should have hedged. Um, uh, I'm gonna go Heat. All right, I'm going. I'm going Sixers. Uh, but yeah, the Heat are favored in that one. Um, okay, Sunday we have. Let's do. That's uh, probably not a good. Oh no, that could be. Okay, this is actually going on Sunday tomorrow. We have Nets at Celtics. Nets. We have actually a couple of really good games tomorrow. Nets at Celtics. It should be Kyrie and KD together for the first time. Since Katie's injury, is it in Boston? So yeah, yeah, it's in okay. Boston. Has Katie and Kyrie played together yet? No, right? I don't think Probably. so. Anyway, so yeah. I don't know. No, they have, they have not. They have not. Uh, yeah, so Nets at Celtics, and I am, of course, going Celtics. So I'm gonna go Nets. I'm gonna go Celtics. Also, I just the Nets are in shambles. I'm still gonna pick the Celtics. Okay, we're gonna yeah, stick but, with these uh, Sunday couple Katie's Sunday been games out. here. Kyrie's not been playing. You get you yeah. get a game with Katie and Kyrie. You got to pick Nets. Yeah, well, even before that, they still they still struggled a lot. Even if, I don't know. I'll just pick the Celtics. I mean, they were the third seed, but all right, let's go. Nah. Yeah, here's a good nah. here's here's an interesting one. Four man's third, um, third seed. Here's an interesting one because you're really making a gamble on does Jokic play? Because Jokic was out yesterday with illness, but tomorrow Sunday March sixth, Pelicans at Nuggets. So is he back by then or not? Is what you're partly gambling. How long do you think it will be before we can say illness without saying non-COVID in front of it? For <laughs> uh, probably two seasons from now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Nuggets though. I'm gonna assume he's back by then, and it's a home game. So wait, can you say the game again? What was it? Pelicans at Nuggets, but you don't know if Jokic is playing because he's he's out with illness currently at the moment. Kimpazo, take over. Um, yeah, Nuggets. Okay, I'll just be different. I'll go Pelicans. Just be different. All right, Pelicans, there you go. That's three. Two more to go here. Um, let's do Let's do a bad game. Actually, yeah, no. Give me, we'll a bad, one, give me one, a bad Here's one good game um, yeah, on Monday, one March just, 7th. One the Jazz at the Mavs. Ooh, that is a good one. Oh, that's such a good game. Uh, man, they're so hot right now. Oh man. Uh, I'll I'll go. I don't think I'll pick first. I'll I'll pick the. I'll pick the Jazz. Connor, you go. I'll go Mavs. Uh, yeah. Ooh, um. Yeah, I'll go Jazz. Cool. 
All right, give, give us a give us a stinker. Last one. Get a stinker in here. Um, let me try to find a true stinker here. Okay. Um, Monday, March seventh, we have Knicks at. Uh, is Knicks at Kings bad enough? Is that much enough for a stinker? Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah I think two that, pretty yeah, bad I think records. That. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was. I think that's pretty crap. Uh, All right. All right, Knicks at Kings, and that is our final game too, because it's it's two hours after the Jazz Mavs. So the real torture is that if there's a tie going into this one, that we're going to pay attention to this Knicks Kings game. Um, I'm going to pick Kings. Uh, I'm going to say almost, Kings as well. I just I, I want to say Sabonis makes a difference here after we talk about all, them. I'm also going to go Kings. Okay, we'll do it a different game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. We could. <laughs> we'll find something. Hold on. All right, well, we... so, All right, how about this? The last one we're going to do is going to be Wednesday, March um, 9th. It's going to be Bulls at Pistons. But we're going to make the line, uh, let's say, minus nine Bulls. So, do the Bulls win by 10 or more? Yes. I, I, I would take Bulls minus nine. Yeah, I'm still going Bulls. All right, I'll go Pistons then. Cool. Switch it up. Sounds good. Sounds good. I like I like yeah. the line betting there. <laughs> uh, cool. So, yeah, that was a really well, it was a different episode, but I really enjoyed talking talking about the trade down the deadline with y'all. I can't even speak anymore. I really have to pee really bad, but I've been holding it the whole time. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so I'm gonna make this outro pretty fast. Uh, Grant Connor. All love for you always. It's great to see the both of you. It's, it's been way too long. We'll try and be more. We'll try and be more consistent with our podcast releases uh, moving forward. Especially now that the season's coming to an end, we got the playoffs coming up. We're going to do our awards episode. We're going to do our All NBA episode. So we're, I'm really excited about that. And yeah. So until next time, peace. Hot tops with my blue face, ice pops. I'ma make a shoelace, necklace. Yeah, we whipping pop so Lexus. And I'm skipping school days, mic drops. Eyes on summer like Cyclops. Yeah, we falling off the sidewalk. Mama wants a home for